everyone, it's Roberta. Welcome to another episode of Art Blog Radio. Thanks for joining us. Today, I'm excited to speak with our guest, Terrell Halsey. Hi, Terrell. Hi, Roberta and everybody from Art Blog. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you for being here. We're very excited, too. So I want to say that Terrell is a Philadelphia artist and photographer whose street photography and portraiture puts humans first. I'm very interested in their new COVID-inspired project involving community voices, which had its debut exhibition in November at Imperfect Gallery in Germantown. So Terrell, we can go anywhere in this conversation, but let's start by focusing on the most recent project of yours, which is the exhibit was called Call Home. And the idea, as I understand it, was to give a platform to people to express themselves about how they would change their neighborhood. So it was rooted in Philadelphia in the idea of change and the idea of neighborhood. It seems like a perfect project for the times. And so how did you come up with this idea? Yeah, so The Painted Bride actually started a series uh, called Power to the Prompt. So I can't take credit for the idea, but for building upon it and uh, using my craft to kind of stretch it a bit further. So they had the prompt, if you had a magic wand, what's one thing you would change about your community? And they sent it out to the listserv, they printed it out, they put it around in laundromats and you know a lot of different places around Philadelphia. And they wanted to see who would respond. They got over 140 answers. And, you know, went through all the answers and tried to see what were the similarities of the things that were being proposed. And they ended up not necessarily being wishes or, you know, speaking from a magic wand standpoint, but more so people speaking about issues that they felt were plaguing their community. A lot of things came up from gentrification to more equitable education uh, to schools all around Philadelphia, to gun violence. Some people mentioned, you know, trash. Some people mentioned, you know, I wish properties could get repaired uh, and more home ownership. So a lot of different varying things. And it was my task to figure out what to do with all of these voices, with all of these answers, with all of these concerns. And as a photographer, of course, my first instinct was to give them a direct voice, give face to the voice and to go meet them where they're at. I reached back out to um, Ose and Laurel at Painted Bright and I asked if we can actually have their contact info. I reached out to the participants and I sent a Calendly link and I just stated, whoever would like to take the next step, I'd like to go to your community or your home and I'd like to photograph you and we want to put your voice first and hear about your story and your experience here in Philadelphia. That was the beginning of this project, just me going to people's homes and people welcoming me into their homes and being comfortable enough to share their experiences with me. It was an amazing experience. I met a lot of amazing community leaders, a lot of amazing, uh, beautiful people who were just willing to just share. And we talked for what some people had talked for an hour, hour and a half before we even 
started our portrait session just to hear where they're coming from and just to get that connection with them and let them kind of drop their guard before we started shooting. Yeah, that was the basis of the project. Uh, I just wanted to go out, photograph the people and see what comes of it after that. So That's amazing. Did you audio record also so that you captured their words? I did. I did. Thank you for asking that. So I also thought it would be nice to make somewhat of a film. So I did record kind of like an interview, just saying the prompt. If you had a magic wand, what's one thing you would change? And I let them answer it. And um, some people talked for, you know, another three minutes about home, the feeling of home. What is home? What are things that make you feel comfortable at home? What are things that don't make you feel comfortable at home? Like with gentrification, you know, I had people saying like, what happens when when the people who you're familiar with are being like spread out, they're no longer around anymore, or the things that you're familiar with are changing and it doesn't seem like it's for for you or your community that's been there. So that theme of home, it just kept, it kept hitting, it kept hitting and it kept hitting to the point that we knew we had to uh, include that in the title. It became a central theme, so. Oh, that's so interesting because I was wondering where the title of your exhibit came from. The title of the exhibit is Call Home. And, you know, that could be interpreted various ways. And I guess I went to a pop culture reference before I went <laughs> elsewhere to the movie <laughs> E.T., which I think probably most everybody has seen at this point is a very old movie. But the, <laughs> the thing that E.T. keeps saying, because he's isolated, mm -hmm. is E.T. phone home. He wants mm -hmm. to go home. And so home is a very important thing, especially when you're isolated. Did you pick up on people's isolation at all when they were talking about this? Did COVID become sort of a sub-theme? Everyone sort of ranted about COVID and whatnot. Yeah. Surprisingly, I mean, in our responses, we did have some people that wished COVID away, but COVID didn't end up being a central theme in the project. It was more so COVID was mentioned in our description because we know, you know, people are isolated and COVID's going to affect us, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, that isolation is going to affect us and it's affected the art world and the communities around us. But a lot of people just being at their physical home was one that's new for me to, I didn't know any of these people, mm -hmm. just showing up to their house and being very trusting of me as a stranger to come to their house and trust me with their stories and trust me with their experience. You know, offering me a glass of water, telling me to sit down, you know, make yourself at home, relax. Like just that theme of home just really, it really set in more so from that and from them being with them at their homes and um, the identity of home. What is home? Where is home? You know, who is home? As I talked with the collaborating artist, Lyrispect, who is amazing and added everything to this project that, you know, that it needed after the photography. But we just talked about that. And I initially had voices from home. And after talking, we had a meeting and we just talked for an hour and change. 
And we like the idea of home. We like the idea of evolution, evolving. The city's changing. It's COVID. There's, you know, social unrest. There's a lot of things going on. And the community's changing. The city's changing. And we want to tap into that. And we, we thought if we included evolving, it would make people think and want to think about, well, how is it changing? How is it evolving? You know, whether good or bad. And we thought, Nina thought, Nina Learspec thought, call home, you know, instead of voices from home, call home, we still have home, as a way to reach back to the community, to connect to the community and see what's going on, to check in. You know, hey, I'm calling, you know, if I'm calling home, I want to know, hey, how's everybody doing? What's going on there? You know, what are the issues there? What's good there? So we, we ended with Call Home Voices of an Evolving Philadelphia. And I think it was a strong title for the. Definitely. It's a very strong title. As you were talking, I was thinking another interpretation of Call Home is what do you call home? What do you right. call home? And that's right. another deep question that I think you probably got into with a lot of people, right? Yes. Is your home just your building that you actually sleep in, or is it your neighborhood, or is it your city, or, you know, all of the above? What, what do you call home? Right. Most definitely. Uh, yeah. Community home is inside yourself. You got to take care of inside of yourself. Home can be many different things and many different feelings. There were definitely a lot of a lot of conversations about that with the different participants. And it was amazing. How how did the uh, exhibition come together at Imperfect Gallery? It seems like that was a perfect space for it because in a way that is a home for the arts in Germantown. It's very mm -hmm. homey. I know Rocio and Remy, and they're, they're very amazing. They're love people. You just love them. They love people. It, they make a yes. warm, homey atmosphere in their gallery. So how'd that come about? Yeah, so we were we were looking for a venue. And it just so happened that they just came across a new space that they were going to begin using as a studio. So the first time we saw it, they were getting ready to renovate that space. And we were like, wow, it has so much potential. And how cool would it be to be the first showing in this brand new space um, of Imperfect Gallery? And yes, yeah, shout outs to uh, Rocio and Remy. Thank you guys for hosting the project. And I think it really was the perfect space. Um, Imperfect Gallery, you know, felt like they made it feel like home. They didn't make it feel like you need to come in and be perfect and, and, and be a certain way. It just felt like come as you are, bring your work, be genuine. You know, let's enjoy this process. Marvelous. You had a lot of collaborators in this project. I just want to say yes. if you consider each one of the homes that you went into, the people that opened up their homes to you as a collaborator, and you had the Painted Bride and you had Imperfect Gallery, and you also had Lyrisbeck Ball, Nina Lyrisbeck. Yeah. So how did that come about and how was that partnership? Yeah, Nina is amazing, uh, an amazing artist. And I was happy to be able to cross paths with her and, and work with her on this project. So Laurel and Ose, I proposed my project to them. And 
you know, at first when I proposed, I said, well, it can also be kind of a space. We want it to be a communal space. We want it to be a space that allows for interaction. We want it to be a space that allows for um, conversation, which is why I wanted to go to the people's different houses and different neighborhoods so that hopefully people from different neighborhoods will come out to the show and be able to converse. So when I proposed my idea, I also thought like, oh, it'd be nice to have like a performance and like different types of artists come in and just make it a real, you know, diverse experience that you can take in in multiple ways. And Laurel knew Lyrispect. And Laurel said, I think Lyrispect would be a good fit for this project. And once I met her, online which is another thing you know we didn't get to meet each other till the night before the show when we installed everything oh no kidding wow we had virtual meetings and a lot of phone calls and just worked through all the material and sources but she was amazing and it was nice to get to know her and her process she added poetic prose to the photographs and to the responses Mm -hmm. and to the thought of home just the thought of home there was a poem that she had about the Lenape people Mm. going all the way back to the indigenous people of Philadelphia, which was amazing. It just really linked it, just really linked everything from then to now thinking about, well, if you talk about home, whose home was this land really first? The poetic prose allowed people to take this in, in multiple ways. And I feel like, Poetry is the best complement for photography. And I've said it before, I feel like photography is visual poetry. And the type of photography that I make, I strive to make images that you have to read into and that you can interpret a little bit more than what meets the eye. So having Nina also add poetic prose to, you know, groups of images and just give that extra life to it and allow people to experience it in another way. Just really made it that much more powerful. It's great that you say that photography is visual poetry or like visual poetry. I I think art is like visual poetry and sometimes poets are the best interpreters of art. I really believe that. The the best writers about art too. So did Lyrispic put her words on paper? Yeah. Oh, okay. And they were in the gallery near enough to the photos that people could read. Right. Yeah, yeah. she ended up framing her poems. And, um, you know, sometimes she said, well, this poem fits with this group of images. This poem can go at the start of the exhibit. This poem could go near the end. So she was really thoughtful about where she placed the different poems and um we really allowed people to travel through kind of take them on a journey through the poetry and the imagery and she also performed she performed at the opening and she performed at the closing oh great that's great did a lot of the people that you interviewed come to see the show they did they did what a feeling that was what a feeling of joy for me to see the people come out and see the direct representation of the things that they said to me. A lot of the portraits, I strive to just get genuine images of them. I wanted to embody their story and embody 
their experience. I, I didn't want to just pose them and have them smile and then just get something. And, you know, I wanted it to represent them. And when they came, I want to say about four or five uh, different participants came to the opening and they were so happy. They were so happy to see themselves. You know, there's one participant who actually held a picture of her friend who had passed away from cancer in her image. And, you know, she was tearing up, you know, just a lot of a lot of things just really kind of aligned and made it feel special uh, in the opening and the closing night. Just seeing them there was amazing and being able to interact with them and see how they took everything in, you know, because it's one thing to do the photo, you know, the photo sessions, but it's another thing for them to come and experience the whole project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it was, it's not enough that the project be a survey that you answer. Like it started out as a survey that was sent out with the prompt by Painted Bride. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. So to complete it, you want to have that human interaction between the people and then you want to make it be to a larger audience. So you need a, a space to put it in so that other people can come and see. What is going to happen to all of what you've done? Is it going to be archived somewhere? Who's who's saving all of this? Is the Painted Bride going to try to archive it? Yeah, well, I hope so. Uh, right now, I have it. <laughs> I have my <laughs> images. But. I'm hopeful that this isn't the end of the line for this project. I feel like, you know, all collaborators put so much into it and we got a lot of great feedback. You know, some people said we can see this as a book. We can see this traveling to the different neighborhoods in Philadelphia. Like maybe it's more specific. Maybe we focus on Germantown. We had a lot of people from Germantown in this show. And they said, all right, then what if you go to North Philly, what if we go to West Philly? Like, what if we break it down by neighborhood? I think there's a lot of potential for where this could go. And, you know, I think that's definitely something that can be tapped into. So I don't think this is the end of, you know, call home. I think it's it's the beginning of something. Yeah, it's it strikes me that this is something that could be, it could be put in another gallery somewhere in another part of Philadelphia and, you know, keep the, keep the love going and the idea of home and, and people talking about it. You know, it's nice that you got conversations going. I think that personally for you, was that one of the benefits of this whole project is the talk that you had with the people as before you were photographing them? Oh yeah. This project, I feel like it's it was kind of an alignment of all the things that I've been seeking. As a photographer, you know, I consider myself a photographer. I do make street photography. I do focus on, you know, moments from everyday life to make stories and, and you know, make art. But before I was doing a lot of it candidly. And... You know, I would say I don't want to disturb the scene. I want to leave it as is. That's what all the, you know, the older great photographers did. And that's what I want to do. You know, after, you know, isolation and COVID and after social unrest and, you know, all the protests and everything going on with race in America, 
when I finally started going back out to, to photograph people, I wanted to seek to make connections with them. I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to hear their story. I wanted to hear about their day. I want to hear about that shirt that they had on or, or that hat. I wanted to, you know, get a little more about them instead of just photographing and moving on. And as I was kind of turning this corner, and it's funny, I, I just had a talk about this with uh, one of my friends. And that's when I got the email from Paint and Bride about this project. And I was like, wow, what a perfect opportunity to connect with leaders in Philadelphia and just everyday people in Philadelphia and talk to them about their story and their experiences and give them voice and give them representation. For me, it was, it was everything I've been seeking, you know, at that point in time, just that connection with people. And then also allowing me to, you know, expand my network and, and talk to different people who are doing different things around Philadelphia and things that I want to help out and um, push in as well. So. I love that. That's, it was like meant to happen. It was meant to be, you know, yes. it, it, that doesn't always happen that way in life. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was one of those moments. And, um, <laughs> you know, for me, I just kind of felt like, all right, uh, opportunity meets preparation. And, you know, when I got that email, I said, okay, it's, it's, you know, I'm going to push it forward and I'm going to see what happens from this project. So talk a little bit more about the street photography and how it's changed for you since being out of COVID and you're, you want to connect more with people. I love what's on your website. People, you should go to his website. We'll put, tell us what the URL is of your website and your Instagram too. Sure. Yeah. It's terrellhalsey.com. So that's T-E-R-R-E-L-L-H-A-L-S-E-Y.com. And my Instagram is terrellhalseyart. And, you know, spelled the same way, first name, last name, art. So definitely follow, you know, follow to see what I'm working on and just keep up with my journey. Of course, all the support is appreciated. Absolutely. And I love that. Let's talk technically about photography a little bit since you are, sure. you went to Temple, you were in the film mm -hmm. and media arts department program. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you do video, you do photography. Can a person who is a photographer, media person make a living with that art? Is that possible in this day and age? You know, it's, it's a tough market for, yeah an individual entrepreneur to try to go it alone. So is Philadelphia a good place for a photographer to try to launch their career? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the market is very saturated and, you know, these days anybody with a camera can be a photographer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I, I feel like it is possible. And you know, I feel like the experiences that I've been having have been showing me that it is possible. You just need to keep pushing. So I don't think I can speak on it for everyone. I know there's people who just do photography and they have a full, you know, full business and they're making a living off of it here in Philadelphia. You know, and I'm sure there's people who have been doing photography for a while and can't seem to 
get their footing in Philadelphia. And there's also a difference between doing photography as a business and doing photography as an art for somebody like me that does both, but of course focuses on the art first, you know, does it as a business to provide, you know, services for other people and help preserve their memories. But I feel like it is possible and I'm definitely going to see if it's possible. (laughs) I'm going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing myself um, as an artist and also as, you know, an entrepreneur. And I feel like the more I learn, the more I, um, the more I learn, the more I'm learning, (laughs) the more, the more that I push on, the more that I am learning that you have to be well-rounded as an entrepreneur to make a living in this thing. There's talented photographers who are legends to us now. You know, Roy DeCarava is a legend to us now, but he was a mailman during the day. Mm. That was that was his life. He was a mailman for a long time. And then he started scrambling, getting gigs with ESPN and getting a lot of different things, trying to stay afloat. But the more I read up on him, it didn't seem like he had a really stable income he was scrambling and the more the more people I talk to I'm learning you have to use your overall skills as an artist being an artist isn't easy I feel like a lot of people like to say or make it out to be easy or just think the artist just okay we're just we're artists we but (laughs) it's not easy and you you are entrepreneurs you have to use the skills that you've learned to promote yourself, to be in shows, to reach out to people, to curate, to find other positions, maybe in organizations that can also, you know, employ you for that. A lot of mentors that I have do that. They're either teaching or they have, you know, a position at an organization who promotes photography. You have to be creative, especially in this day and age in a saturated market. I don't want to be a starving artist. And I feel like obviously nobody wants to be a starving artist, but how do we how do we break that? You know, how do we break that? How do we figure that out? And we have to just use our creativity. That's what a lot of jobs want is creative problem solvers. And what better creative problem solvers are there? an artist precisely well said i loved all of that very great great life advice there that you just gave everyone i want to say we're drawing to the close here and i have one question for you are you an optimist i am (laughs) i am yes i'm an optimist Um, i'm a believer in god i'm a believer in purpose And I feel like everyone here has a purpose to be fulfilled. You know, for me, I feel like photography and art is a big part of my purpose, is a big part of my voice and allows me to be able to reach people the most. I feel like being an optimist is important. You know, this world is, uh, it can be very dark. I feel like in my household, you know, how I was raised, my parents were always positive people you know, no matter what was going on. And I know in the environments that they grew up in, they had to be bigger picture type people to see beyond and dream beyond where they were at. And I think they kind of just always carry that and instilled that 
within us. And I feel like, yeah, now I definitely am an optimist. And I feel like we need to be in order to to keep our joy and to keep our our sanity. We had to be able to dream. We had to be able to believe. You know, with all that's going on, you know, is there's no point in fighting for something if you don't, if you can't believe that it's a possibility to change it. You know, I had somebody ask me with, uh, you know, with all the, the racial and uh, racism going on, you know, do you feel like you can truly be free here in this country in your lifetime? And, you know, that was a very deep question. That was somebody who was uh, a participant in this project. And, and that was a good thing about this is that sometimes they ended up flipping questions back on me. I had to think about it. And it was a really deep question. It was a really tough question. And at the end of the day, I told them that I feel like I have to believe in order for me to keep pushing and keep fighting for these things. Like, I have to believe. So even if it doesn't happen in my lifetime, maybe, you know, maybe in, you know, the next lifetime or I have a son on the way, maybe my son's lifetime or maybe their kid's lifetime. You know, I just feel like um, optimism is, a, is important. Um, especially in this world uh, it's easy to be negative it's easy to be a pessimist it's easy to give up it's easy to quit you know so i feel like optimism is the way for me that was beautifully said very beautiful thank you is there anything else we haven't covered that you'd like to say any gigs you have coming up or anything you want to shout out yeah the only thing I would want to say is I've been working on a project for the last four or five years, which has been um, exciting as an artist. Diving into me going to Center City and, and photographing and seeing the things that I end up photographing and it ends up being black and brown people in Center City. And I'm um, diving into my interest in that and um, unpacking that and um, unpacking how you know, black and brown people are taking up space or reclaiming space in an area that's not necessarily for, you know, for them. You know, there was a seventh ward where there was a high black population and um, eventually it ended up being out to the outskirts in West Philly and North Philly. But it's just interesting to me that Center City and I feel like it's the same kind of construct in all major cities is that the downtown or the center, center city is where all the wealth is concentrated and focused at. And then all the communities that have been redlined or forgotten about, they don't get those same resources and they don't get that same wealth, you know, which is, I don't want to say which is interesting to me, but I'm interested in diving into that and uh, just exploring that. That was actually, I think that was one of the questions, which would be my wish is more equitable distribution of wealth to all neighborhoods in Philadelphia and equitable distribution of resources, you know, whether that's educational, whether that's for, uh, you know, community centers. But yeah, I feel like there's a big disparity between where wealth is concentrated. So the project that I've been working on has been focused on black and brown people in center city just focusing on them as a source of one art just everyday life making art of everyday life 
black and brown people because I feel like that's not something that's seen in the institutions. Um, so giving voice and representation to us in that way. Also just for myself to help me kind of uh, dive into and understand more and contextualize what's going on around me uh, racially and environmentally and uh, psychologically in the air. So It sounds like an amazing project. I look forward to seeing it. And I think you have part of it already on your website, some of it, yeah, or on your Instagram. Some of it, yeah. There's definitely an image. Uh, there's a, a little boy who's running through a fountain. Oh, I love that one. Definitely mm -hmm. one of the images that I want to be highlighted in that project. And the project will kind of follow suit kind of on that theme and on that aesthetic. Cool. It's beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Terrell, for talking with us. I've been speaking with Terrell Halsey, photographer, artist, whose project Call Home is about voices in the community. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for talking with me. Of course. Thank you for taking time to have me. And it was a pleasure meeting you virtually. <laughs> Likewise. I hope <laughs> to meet you in the real world. <laughs> yes, we will. We will. Okay, great. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Yes, thank you so much. Bye-bye.